This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, we start book three of the Agents of Edgewatch Adventure Path, All or Nothing. And for those of you brand new to the channel, welcome. I'll give you a very quick recap of what happened in book one and book two. If you want to listen to all those episodes, feel free. But if you just want to jump in here and start from, well, the beginning of book three, you can as well. I'm going to catch you up. And for those of you who are big fans of our very first Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast, The Fall of Plaguestone, guess what? We have a big surprise for you this week. We got a special guest. Big jam-packed episode. Check it out. For those of you brand new to Roll for Combat, welcome. We do quite a few actual plays here. You can check out our completely finished Dead Sons adventure path for Starfinder. You can also listen to, well, this adventure path, as well as the Extinction Curse Three Ring Adventure Adventure Path. And they are also approximately halfway through book three. So you could either pick it up at the very beginning, or you can pick it up at, well, the beginning of book three if you want, or just, you know, be crazy and pick it up right away. But if you want to check that out, feel free. It's in the same place that you found this podcast. And of course, one of our most popular podcasts of all time is The Fall of Plague Stone, which is more or less the same people. Between the two podcasts, you'll sort of have a mixture of people. And that one is complete from beginning to end, and it's not that long. I think it's 34 episodes total. So you can listen to that one and find out all about Plague Stone and Pathfinder. Anyhow, when it comes to this one, what is going on? I will give you a super fast recap. Those of you who don't want to listen to all the other episodes, although you're really missing out, you'll find out. So our adventurers here are brand new guards at the Edgewatch in the city of Absalom. Absalom is the city of the center of the world. Basically, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. It's been around for thousands of years, and every hundred years, they have what's called a Radiant Festival. It is a gigantic fair and festival, and people come from all over the world to check it out. Now, the problem is they did not have this fair a hundred years ago because the god Aradin, who was pretty much the god of the humans, died, and everyone was in mourning. This is the first time the Radiant Festival has taken place in 200 years. So to protect the Radiant Festival, they made a brand new division called Edgewatch. And Edgewatch was designed to protect the Radiant Festival, which takes place throughout the entire summer. So it's a three-month festival, and lots of new people were hired to, well, become Edgewatch agents and protect the festival and everything that's happening. So we have our PCs, who started off at level one, at the first day of the Radiant Festival, and they took care of some small things. There was like a zoo that had animals that were poisoned that were freaking out, and they subdued that. They also had this like pagoda 
that had these kobolds that were striking and taking hostages. They took care of that. They also found a murder hotel, which was really horrible. And they found that the, uh, the proprietors of the hotel were secretly killing everyone in the hotel um, and then making them conveniently disappear. Anyhow, book one was the PCs finding the hotel, infiltrating the hotel, finding the bad guys, rescuing a whole bunch of people, and then, well, getting to the bottom of it. It turns out that the people who were running the hotel were also worshippers of Norgaber, who was like god of like death and torture and just, just a horrible, horrible god. Anyhow, from there, after successfully rescuing all the people and closing them in the hotel, they were tasked to find out if there was something going on with this cult and if it was something larger. And, well, they did find out there was something larger. It turned out that people were being kidnapped and being disappeared and they were supposed to look into it. Sure enough, they did find out that there was a cult operating underground in the catacombs. They found this catacombs. They infiltrated it. It took a long time because the catacombs are gargantuan. They managed to sneak into the catacombs. They managed to clear out the monsters, clear out the cultists, rescue a ton of people, and capture the Skinner, who was responsible for not only kidnapping people off the street, skinning them alive and turning them into undead monstrosities. It is grim. So that's where we left off with book two. However, they did find out one key piece of information, and that was the Skinner was only one of four head bosses that are worshipping Norgaber. They're called the Twilight Four, and you're going to find out more about them this week. So Skinner is part of something much, much larger. They just opened up this gigantic can of worms where they're finding out that this is only the tip of the iceberg and something is afoot. Something very, very bad is going to happen during the festival if they don't get to the bottom of it. So that's where we're going to pick up this week. If you have any questions, feel free to go over to the Discord channel. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com. I'm there. Everyone's there. We could all answer any questions you have. Of course, you can listen to the past episodes. Or if you really want, you can just go to the Roll for Combat website and there's a Talking Combat column. Jason McDonald from the show writes a recap of every single episode ever on the website so you can just read them. So you can actually read the recap of what happened, which obviously is a little bit faster than listening to the show. So you have lots of options. Go to Discord, talk to me, and talk to the other fans. Go to the website, read all the recaps, Talking Combat by Jason. It's called the Bird's Eye View because he's playing a bird and it's his view of what's happening. Or you can just listen to the show. There you go. Anyhow, this is a really fun episode. we got a lot going on. we got a crossover. You'll see. It's great. Anyhow, let's get to this week's show notes. So don't forget, you only have up to December 7th to enter in your Monsters to RBG Superstar. Hurry up. Get those monsters in, RPGSuperstar.com, Stranger Unusual. If you want to get money and be published, you need to go now. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Monsters are fleeing, and it's really, really, really easy to do. All you need to do is go to the site, and you can see the monster creation tool. It pretty much builds all the monster parts for you. You just put in the type of monster you want, the level, and it will give you all the numbers. You can just use the suggested numbers. You don't have to change them if you don't want. Trust me, those numbers will work. 
and then you can just concentrate on the attacks and the cool special abilities and the lore. Even the attacks, both spell attacks and melee and range attacks, those are calculated for you too, and the damage. It gives you everything you need. So you can just spend time on figuring out what cool things it does and not have to worry about doing all the little maths. And to be honest, if you win, we will probably rebalance the monster for you anyhow, especially if we're going to change the level. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you'll submit a monster like level five, but then we're like, you know what? It's a little bit better if it's like a level seven monster because we need like some more level seven monsters. So we might adjust it for you and then redo those numbers anyhow. So, you know, if you are in doubt and you're not sure of exactly how the numbers should be for your monster, just use the suggested values. Seriously, I'm not kidding. Just do it. So anyhow, check that out, RPG Superstar. Also, Battles of Best Theory for Pathfinder is out. The books are being printed. I'm going to try to ship the books as soon as they're ready. I will see what we can do about that. They are coming from China, though. So, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Anyhow, hopefully those don't get stuck in the port. And then finally, don't forget, check out the Discord channel. Go to discord.rollforcomment.com. You can chat about the books. You can chat about the RPG Superstar Contest. You can play games. You can just hang out and have a good time. Check that out. And also the Patreon, where you too, for as little as five bucks, can hang out, watch the shows live, and get the shows early. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you are members of Edgewatch, the newest division of Absalon's police force, where you are helping guard the Radiant Festival, the once every hundred year festival that celebrates everything in the world of Galarian. It goes on for three months. It's the middle of the summer. The festival's about three weeks old. And in three weeks, you went from level one to level nine. And you have shot up the ranks red squad just just a mere couple weeks ago you were wrangling animals in the zoo and now you're on the pages of the gazette every day everyone knows your name everyone's looking at you kids are asking for your autographs every so often as you're on the beat you are becoming mini celebrities in this city Everyone knows who the Edgewatch is. You have put Edgewatch on the map. And the main reason is because you took down two very nefarious bad doers. Not do gooders, but bad doers. First, you took down Pratchett, who was, you know, a serial killer in the murder hotel. And that was, you know, that was your first big claim to fame. But that was small potatoes compared to what you just did is taking down Rent the Skinner Disasperon. She was a super mass murderer who was... Uh, you can't even count the number of bodies. She just was killing and kidnapping everyone to the point that she managed to fill up a small Olympic-sized swimming pool of blood. To do that, that's a lot of people dead. But you found her, you brought her in alive... And now you get to find out what happens next because you found out that she is not alone. The Skinner is only one of 
four, that's right, four horrible people known as the Twilight Four. And you have taken a week off. You got a, a nice week off to relax while they did some investigation on the Skinner. They cast the magic on her. Did a little bit of uh, interrogation, if you will, because Absalon doesn't fool around when you have super mass murders that kills hundreds and hundreds of people. And they, they come back to you and give you the report. And they found out from the interrogation of Rent that the pseudonyms of the other Norgabites belong to the secret cabal known as the Twilight Four. And besides Rent, a.k.a. The Skinner, they were able to get out the names of the other three. They're only known under their pseudonyms. They are The Infector, The Monger, and The Grey Queen. Beyond this, the Skinner had very little useful information. She never met with her fellow Kabbalists in person, and all communication with her has stopped as soon as she was caught. So you have found out that there are three other people who worship Norgaber and want to bring down something horrible, something terrible in the city of Absalom during the festival. What? You're not exactly sure. Yeah, three is three too many. John Statz is playing Cadet Dougie McDougal, a human ruffian rogue. So it's the, it's the Grey Queen... The monger and who's the first one? The infector. That sounds terrible. Those are the good infector. names. The infector, the monger, and the gray queen. Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. What kind of monger? monger. Fishmonger. Fishmonger. Is it a fishmonger or fishmonger. just a monger monger? The monger. You don't know? These turn, are just, turn up monger. Turn up monger. These are, these are just code names. Maybe they're trying to infect the fish. Who knows? It's got to be like fleshmonger, though. It has to be like blood Yeah, monger, yeah I wonder if they actually knew what type of monger. No. All they know, they <sighs> were just going by code names. Those are good code names. So you find this out. And you during your week, you, you know, go on the beat. You, uh, you did get a little bit of a lead, but eh, you got a little time off. You got some new gold after successfully taking down the Skinner. You got a couple hundred extra gold pieces in your pocket, but you guys are all saving up for the big boys, saving up for the big ticket items, keeping them golds right where they should be, and that's yep. in your pocket. Yep, dragging around. So 700 gold in my uh, pockets. Let's see. That's a lot of weight, too. So Well... I think I got a bag of holding. Just throw yeah, it in there. Yeah. Okay. So, after a week or so, you uh, you get called in front of your favorite person. And who is that? Who is your favorite person in the precinct? Who would that ooh, be? Ooh, it's Sharky. Sharky. No, it's not Sharky. Yes, it is. Sharky is actually our favorite person in the precinct. I, I think I think That's you mean you, you mean our commanding officer. I think so you mean. It's your favorite commanding officer, Lieutenant Lamarius. <laughs> calls you in. Red Squad. He has a weird look on his face. Like a look you've never seen before. 
You can't tell if he's angry or relieved. And he's like, come up to my desk. I, I got some stuff to talk to you about after all the information we got out of the Skinner. All right. Goodbye, Sharky. We have to talk to our new favorite person in the precinct. Yes, sir. Sharky, like, throws Dougie one of the many uh, goodie bags that Dougie yeah. always brings with him. I'll bring it. It's Sharky surprise. Levarius looks at you all and says, <sighs> he's just shaking his head. He's looking at this paperwork in front of him. He says, by the gods, I don't know whether to congratulate you or to run you out of here. But you've been ordered to Starwatch Keep, the citadel outside the eastern city gates and command center of Absalon's Intergural District Task Force, the Starwatch. There you're to talk to Captain Vasilia of Gur. She's the leader of the Starwatch and the formal confidant to Lord Gear, the missing Primarch. You know, before his disappearance. So, I guess uh, your time here in Edgewatch is coming to a bit of an end. As it looks like you got a promotion. Wow. Is this a right. Starfinder crossover? Is that what that is? It seemed like only yesterday we were coming in here as raw recruits. In fact, I think it was yesterday <laughs> yeah. we were in here as raw recruits. I wanna, what is the tally? I, I, I almost asked you, but you, uh, went, you did a good summation of where we are. Is it within a month? Because I know we did yes, have it's, yeah, three weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> three it's like three weeks. It's three weeks. Is that even? Well, hold. We've also we've had multiple weeks of downtime too. You had two weeks of downtime. Okay, so four weeks. If if I really sat there and if I take out the downtime, it's about four weeks. So seriously, there's two wow. months left of the uh, of the <laughs> festival. So in one month, you went from level one to level nine. And you got promoted to Starwatch. Now, someone knows all about Starwatch because someone is from Absalon. Who would that be, Basil Blackfeather? That would be me! Jason McDonald is playing Basil Blackfeather, a Tengu empiricist investigator. Do you want to share anything with your fellow recruits about Starwatch? Starwatch is kind of the overall police for all of Absalom. Officially, the Flotsam Graveyard, the Puddles, the Precipice Quarter, and outlying settlements. The Interjurisdictional inter Star Watch enforces citywide laws passed by the Grand Council, conducts internal investigations into other guard precincts, and assists against sieges that threaten Absalom. Their purview at once encapsulates all of Absalom as well as only small parts of it. When a crime threatens a single civil district, it's left to that district's own guards to resolve. But as soon as the danger spills onto the streets that divide one quarter from another, the Star Watch intervenes. The Star Watch is the only true law enforcement in the Flotsam Graveyard, the Puddles, aside from the rare honest muckraker, the Precipice Quarter, beyond the Edge Watch, and the small settlements encircling Absalom like Dawnfoot and Shoreline, who otherwise lack formal watch divisions. The many demands on Starwatch resources mean that the faction struggles to produce enough forces to attend to them all, especially after the loss of many of its officers during the Black Echelon Uprising of 4717. And don't we all remember that? 
the Star Watch therefore focuses its, its attention only on the direst threats. The organization's leader, Alicia of Gear, happily extended some level of interjurisdictional authority to the newly formed Edge Watch in response to the enormous tasks involved with policing the citywide Radiant Festival. All members of the Star Watch are required to live in the isolated Star Watch keep outside the city walls. To access the city proper, they must commute through the po postern gate. Thus, Star Watch officers strive to maintain good relations with the Post Guard in order to, to avoid bureaucratic hang-ups or travel delays. The Star Watch recruits new members from each of the city's different district guards, and on rare occasions, adventurers or mercenaries deemed worthy are granted honorary status within the organization. The Star Watch's emblem is a five-pointed star surrounded by blue fire. When on patrol or posted as a guard to discourage trouble, members typically wear light armor with a white tabard and blue cape bearing their symbol. However, their missions often require them to move unnoticed, in which case they don costumes to go undercover and carry a simple iron badge with them as their only sign of authority. Most Absalomians have few dealings with the Star Watch and thus regarded as enigmatic. Grand Council members have the authority to direct Star Watch forces to investigate politically sensitive criminal cases. In the past, unscrupulous counselors have manipulated the Star Watch into furthering their own political aims, which has generated some long-held animosity between the two organizations. Nice. Chris Beamer is playing Lo Mang, an orc tiefling monk of the Crane style. We're joining the feds. So on the map, you can see that you see, there's all Absalom, and that's where you've been. You've been going from the Precipice Quarter to the docks. To the yeah, I'm actually looking at this for the first time. And, and you, you have to go outside the city over to the Bay Area. And Starwatch Keep is literally like one of the defenders of the city of Absalom. It's actually a couple of miles outside of town. It's... Uh, not close it's actually nice. a bit of a schlep it's like internal affairs combined with customs and border patrol combined with uh, a couple other things i don't know yeah the internal affairs is interesting because that means the, often that you don't make a lot of friends in that aspect of law enforcement hmm. if it's like scotland yard well you're gonna find out so you get your paperwork and you're told to report and you're thinking, oh, man, that is a walk. <laughs> you have to go to the East Gate, which is already, like, two miles to the north. Then you got to go through the East Gate, and then you have to walk a good one, two, three, four, five. That's, like, seven miles away. <laughs> That's, like, hour and a half. Do they provide a horse for us? Yeah, your feats. Your feats. You can call them a horse if you want. There you go. Actually, I have hooves so yeah. oh, <laughs> you're the horse you yeah. should carry the other ones there yeah, you go hook a cart up to me and i'll rickshaw you over there. <laughs> <laughs> we go very fast too it'll be really good actually that's, that's right, true monk. Right. yeah you know what you can do throw the others into the bag of holding and then lomang just run just run it's the whole like bag. crazy yep <laughs> we'll hold our breath <laughs> hey, well you get 10 minutes in there all right, uh, it might, yeah, it might be worth yeah. buying horses, but I guess no. This is like an hour and a half walk. This yeah, is you just stroll. Yeah, it's like walking the length of Manhattan. Or you could get a boat and take it, go from the docks, just straight south, due south. Oh my gosh! Row, row, <laughs> row, Dougie, row! No, crack the whip. There's no reason to be on the water. We're um, Dougie's walking. <laughs> okay. 
you walk and you're just humming a tune as you realize you're moving on up do, 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 to the Star Watch. Do, do, do. So wait, uh, where where was our base of operations on this map before? It was uh, in the precipice. precipice quarter. Okay, yeah. so it's all right. So you're Star Watch all the way down there. You you walk over to Star Watch Keep. And Starwatch Keep is enormous. I mean, it's almost a mile long in itself. Beyond Starwatch Keep, an imposing clifftop castle overlooking the Bay of Cortos from just beyond the city's eastern wall. Rays of the sun cast amber light over the city of Absalon below. Even in this stone-lined waiting room, the sounds of gulls and shouting sailors dripped up from the docks. So you enter into the keep, I presume. Yes. You enter into the keep. Red Squadron reporting for duty. An eager blonde gnome in a gray suit approaches you from the keep. You're the Edgewatch officers who took down the Skinner. I'm Officer Cadet Tova Frostrun. Can I shake your hands? And he, like, very vigorously shakes each of your hands. What you've done for the city can never be repaid, and we all owe you a debt of gratitude. You're the talk of the keep. All in a day's work. Just doing our jobs. Dougie McDougal reporting for service. After a few moments of enthusiastic shaking and pats on the back, he continues, Captain Alicia is waiting for you. Follow me. Is it Alicia or Alicia? Alicia. A-L-I-S-I-A. Alicia. Alicia. Of Greer. Of Gear. Of Greer. Gear. Gear. Yeah, Greer. We'll call it Greer. Gear, It's G-Y-R. Too. Yeah. I don't know how yeah, you Greer. choose to say Greer. Tova, the gnome officer cadet, leads you past a few officers training with crossbows in the yard, up inside the keep's main fortifications to a large office on the keep's second floor. The spotless chamber is appointed with teak furniture that looks scarcely used. Several narrow windows look down onto the city below. A stern-looking human woman with a shock of white hair and an impressive tricorn hat sits behind a broad, imposing desk. She stands and introduces herself as Captain Elysia of Gear, leader of Starwatch and commander of the warship hurricane wings and gestures for the agents to sit down gesturing to the room's comfortable chairs Ooh, the comfy chairs i um, like that they have regular crossbow training that's really nice sergeant wow. ola didn't let us sit in comfortable chairs yeah, I'll tell yeah you I, I sit in the comfy chair <laughs> that's a very fancy hat it's not quite a tricorn hat but it is fancy look at that look at that uh thing that the uh, griffin that's cool the Jaeger monsters would be very impressed by that hat. She is an imposing figure. And as you sit in the very, very comfy chairs, she looks each agent up and down with her piercing gaze and then smiles in approval. Agents, I will keep this brief. Your investigation takes priority over any formal affairs. So I thank you for taking the time to meet me here. You've shown that you can get results, and that is vital to this hectic time. I must admit, this matter with the so-called Twilight Four you've unearthed frightens me. Religious fanatics hardly recognize jurisdictional lines, 
and if their plot ever does truly endanger the entirety of Absalon, it's of the utmost importance that you be allowed to follow your investigation with minimal bureaustic impediments. To that end, I have granted permission to offer you honorary positions as special Star Watch agents. This will be on top of your promotions within the Edge Watch. I'm sure that Dunderhead Lavarius quote forgot, unquote, to inform you of your promotion to the ranks of Officer Cadet. Damn his pride, she scowls. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, to be fair, he's we've had a lot of promotions. It's it's very easy to get Have lost. We? Wait, well, what's we, our rank? What's our rank? Uh, is is officer you went cadet? from you went from cadet to officer cadet. This is your first actual this is promotion. actual promotion. All yes. oh, right, really? first formal <laughs> promotion. Yeah. Uh. Your first formal promotion. So now, now, what from... I, now, what I want to know is, wow. are all cadets like, are actual officers all like fifteenth level, or are we just like way above level of everybody else that's a, of our nominal rank? You're, you're the Wesley Crushers of uh, of the Edge Watch. That's what you are. <laughs> All of you. Nice. From now on, she continues, you will report to me first and foremost, and you will be given access to any Star Watch resources you need for your investigation. Your stipend will increase to accommodate higher security living quarters in the city for you and yours, and your first order of business will be to hunt down the remaining members of the Twilight Four and bring them to justice. She looks out the window at the city, turning her back to you. Of course, this is all contingent on your acceptance. Granted, I'm not used to taking no for an answer. And honestly, I've already filled out the paperwork. She turns around and reaches into the drawer and retrieves four badges, each with a silver emblem shaped like a flaming star and places them before you. What do you say? Yes, ma'am. And I take one. Thank yes. you, ma'am. It's an honor to yes. serve with the Star Watch. Basil? Oh, I accept. I, I take my badge as well. I would like a tabard and a cloak also. <laughs> <laughs> I want a hat like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want a fancy hat. I want a hat, hat I want like a fancy that. Hat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, have yeah, to yeah, have yeah. the same uh, wing, uh, but I like a fuzzy, the fuzzy hat is nice. I don't need, because Cadet... Uh, Dougie McDougal has still a cadet's hat on. I, I like that that fuzzy one. Well, that's a captain commander of a warship. Yeah, hat, so that's, that's a command. What's what's a cadet <laughs> officer hat look like? There's got to be. You something. see the hat you're wearing? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a beanie with a propeller on top. It was on top of my head the whole well, time. That's well, why I now know you what have it looks like. you know what you have instead of having one propeller on your beanie, you have two propellers. That's right. <laughs> It's a double propeller the beanie. <laughs> it's like Star Watch. Uh, sorry, it's like Star Trek. Instead of having like one pip, you know how one and a half pips. That's right. You know. <laughs> so with that, she smiles and looks up and down. She says, you can keep your Edge Watch badges, the Lawbringer badges. I've heard they come quite in handy, especially since we want to take the remaining Twilight 4 alive, if possible. Remember... You are to use non-violent means whenever you can. Non-lethal? Not barbarians, no. No. Oh, non-violent, oh. Yes. 
Do you have any questions about the Star Watch before you start your mission? Yeah, actually, um, if we're carrying the other badges, do the do the Star Watch badges do any have do they have activations? No, yeah, they have special powers, or is it just a no? That's a new technology that's been tried out with the Edge Watch initially. However. The badge itself, and she looks down at her badge and just sort of like shines it a little with her knuckles. It has its own magic powers. Because if you show this badge, it opens up many, many doors. So our um, authority is multi-jurisdictional, right? Across the whole city. And it supersedes the locals, right? She goes on to explain, she says, as you're new to Star Watch... I expect my officers to do what needs to be done to catch criminals, as long as what you're doing doesn't endanger the public. As Star Watch agents, you no longer need to acquire permission from other Watch factions to pursue your investigation into their districts. Uh, I like your that. badges represent your increased authority, and presenting them in the right situations might open all sorts of doors for you. Excellent. And are we also expected to, for the most part, I'm guessing, uh, work undercover, like not wear uniforms? Like, If you wish, you may continue to wear your uniforms. Or if you wish to put on the Skywatch blue, you may wear those as well. But I expect, yes, you might have to do a fair amount of undercover work to apprehend the remaining Twilight Four. Excellent. Um, is there anyone else have any questions? Uh, the only thing I, else I would want to know is what if what the what the current lead is on any one of these three that are left. She sees you like just sort of thinking and nodding along. She says, "Your responsibility as Star Watch agents, as I said, your first priority is the Twilight Four case, and expect that nothing will distract you from performing your duties." As I said before, you will report regularly to me, and I will make myself available to answer any questions you might have as you progress. Use me as a resource to help you help Absalom. So she doesn't, like, there's no active, like, leads right now? Well, we got we got the one, we got the information about the gang at the docks being the other gang that worked with the Skinner. Right, so that was my understanding. My understanding we, we like we had a location at the docks to go raid. That's what that was my understanding. Correct, mostly. The investigation in the catacombs revealed that the Twilight Four are somehow in cahoots with a small street gang based out of the docks called the Washboard Dogs. As soon as you're ready to continue with your investigation, I urge you to travel to the docks and use your investigative skills to find the Washboard Dogs and question them if you need help in figuring out your first steps i suggest you go to the harbor guild's headquarters the crest watch and speak with their resident gang expert leah hellweather ah she should be able to give you the latest on the local gang situation there well that's a that's a solid lead yeah that's uh, that's, do, yeah. do you do you want to go do that like right now yeah that's no, no time like the present. I wouldn't mind doing a little crossbow training. <sighs> I think I think if we I think if we find the uh, the, the street gang, uh, you'll you'll get crossbow training. Yeah, that, live yeah, fire, that's true. live targets. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, when non-violent uh, means breakdown. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> start off by shooting them. Oh, don't forget all your weapons. Whenever the badge is active, it automatically turns everything non-lethal. You only sort of broke the rule because, uh, if you remember, the uh, the gray cloaks were a little—they're uh, a little fanatical. That's yeah. the funny part. The gray cloaks are supposed to be the most anti-religious and fanatical group, but if anything, they were the most like fanatical of the groups because because they're anti-religious they're more fanatical they end up being like the opposite so well yeah and plus a lot they had a lot of personal they had a lot of their own people were killed and you know yeah so they, so they took it personally like yeah, yeah yeah they they did not like any of that they were pretty upset about that whole thing so anyhow you realize that this is it like the only person above her is the primarch and that's the person who runs Absalom. Wow. So you, you've made it to the big leagues, buddies. You've been that, called up. You awesome. were called up called to up, the show. Yeah, the show, that's right. Hopefully for a good team. Um, so what about, uh, where do we stay? Are we, are we supposed to, to stay here? Uh, yes, okay. yes. All Edge, sorry, all Skywatch agents stay within the keep. And we'll give you much better quarters than you had before. Hopefully better food, also. Really? I heard Sharky was quite creative in his meals. No. Sharky was awesome. Awful. Yeah, I, I brought some Sharky uh, surprise if she's... Delicious. She, is she hungry at all? Mmm, she raises an yeah, eyebrow. So I'd be interested in trying that. She looks at Lomax, she's like, you'd be surprised what one must eat on a warship. That is true, oh, but nice. we're, just make sure you have a clear path to your latrine. <laughs> Latrine! Because, uh, yeah, it's food safety is an issue with that abomination. <laughs> What's this food safety you speak of? Yeah, that's a that's a very 20th yeah, that's, century that's unclean, concept. <laughs> unclean food. All right, uh, so wait, where's my room? Oh, I see my room. It's that one in the corner. All I know is if it doesn't kill the maggots, it won't kill me. <laughs> that's true. I see my... All right, so, so really we are going to have to find some kind of transportation to and from the city if we're going to be regularly doing this. Nah, you just you just you just hoof it. It's all right. It's more abstracted. It's just funny when uh, it's abstracted until you look at the map and you realize that things are like eight miles away, and you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> like... realistically, this would take like all day to go back and forth. But whatever. I guess they didn't think that through when they were actually like setting this up, or maybe and we can just... we can get horses. I mean, it's not a it's a very common thing. Isn't yeah, it? or you just you can still go back to your. Um, you can actually hot bunk in any precinct you want because you sort of you're like the fbi you can just sort of show up you actually are the fbi if you think about it you basically show up. yeah that's what i'm saying you're the whatever. fbi yeah. Yeah, yeah well um do they have a place to keep horses is there a livery uh, nearby i mean yeah we'll say that there's a way for you to quickly go back and forth between precincts so if you all want to get some horses and head on over to the crest watch let's do it oh I don't want to get horses. I don't want to deal with where I keep my horse. No, no, you would bring it back and forth. It's like it's like an Uber. Yeah, you would I just guess take so. it back yeah. and forth. It's 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 abstracted. Okay. Ooh, what about a carriage? Oh, yeah. nice fancy carriage. A paddy wagon. Oh, <laughs> there's no carriages here in Star Watch. <laughs> you can ride around in a paddy the wagon with bars. Under our butts, so it's nice and uh, the palanquin carried by yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Carried by some footmen. <laughs> All right. 
with that, you are off to the docks district and going to the Harbor Guard. You have seen many of the various police forces. The Harbor Guard is a new one. And I think Mr. Basil knows a bit about the Harbor Guard. Once again, being a uh, investigator and living in Absalom his whole life. Boy, do I. Though slightly less than I know about the Star Watch. All right. The Harbor Guard obviously is the uh, law enforcement group that patrols the docks, and their headquarters is Crest Watch. Um, Captain Elmoira Taggart, nicknamed Tackle Queen, uh, the Harbor Guard patrols the water as well as the streets along the docks district. Their most common investigations involve catching smugglers, fences, kidnappers, and thieves. Patrols spend most of their time at the waterfront and usually leave activity deeper in the city to other guard watches unless following up on a lead or chasing a perpetrator. The Harbor Guard has, guard has a bureaucratic power structure based on Navy ranks, partly at the insistence of Absalom's Navy, with whom they often, often cooperate. Captain Taggart insists that the Guard prioritizes smuggling cases and discourages interfering with brawls unless there's serious risk of an outright riot. The presence of sailors blowing off steam, she believes, is a fixture of her district. Common sailors tend to like that the Harbor Guard doesn't hassle them, but those who do need help often end up frustrated. The Harbor Guard is commonly believed to be corrupt, and the truth isn't far off. Smugglers often pay them to look the other way, while the Guard frequently shakes down wealthy merchants under ill-founded or outright manufactured suspicions of smuggling. Straddling a line between sailors and city watch, members of the Harbor Guard have few allies except for the similarly unscrupulous token guard. You know, Lomang's favorite police officers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I hate them. Might have to have a talk with them. Well, the good news is you're not with the worst division of the police force. You're now worth... You're now with the second worst division <laughs> of the police force. So yep. it's, only, it's only up from here. So with that, you head on over to the Crest Watch. It is a pine wood boathouse that has been raised and converted to serve as the Harbor Guard's headquarters for several hundred years. It's situated on the waterfront between a maze of marinas overlooking the water from barnacle-crusted pylons. As the district has grown, the building has been augmented with new upper stories for offices and expanded laterally with temporary holding cells and entire warehouses of confiscated evidence. The base of the boathouse has remained largely unchanged, a wide open storeroom with knotty floorboards and creaking staircases that ascend to the upper halls. You see a huge number of people here. Guards, complainants, permit seekers, and maritime lawyers mill about the massive precinct at all hours of the day. This is a very, very busy precinct. You walk up. Mm -hmm. And you can see the receptionist at the, well, the entranceway. What do you do? I'll, I'll go up. I introduce myself. I say, I, I state our rank, I state our position, and state who we're here to see, and uh, wait for a response. Leah Hellweather. Leah Hellweather. Leah Hellweather. Uh, yeah, you, um, the receptionist looks, sees your Star Watch badges, and says, oh, let me, uh, bring you in to see her and she leads you in to see leah 
You're ushered into a small meeting room and asked to wait a moment while the lead gang investigator is summoned. After a few moments, you see a tall woman with graceful movements and an immaculate posture. A female elf petty officer, obviously Leela, walks in, and she seems kind of an odd fit for the scrappy harbor guard, but the towering senior officer speaks like a sea-hardened sailor and clearly knows her stuff. Says, Typical land-loving Starwatch coming around to muck up my investigation. Typical. Typical. What do you need? What do you know about the washboard dog gang? Yeah, have you, like... I'm sorry, let's take care of preliminaries. Have you been briefed on uh, on the Kinsaw cult and what has occurred recently? I have no time for cults. I deal with gangs. Gangs and more gangs. So many gangs around the docks. It's a full-time investigation. I have no time for cults. And that's exactly where we're here. There's a, there's a, a what is masquerading as one of your gangs is in fact in league with cultists. We're here to remove them. Well, I doubt they're actually cultists. All the gangs here participate in multiple illegal activities. I'm sure this is just one of many that they are pursuing. Probably. What's your, what's your, how does, what, in your hierarchy of importance, where does uh, uh, sentient trafficking for the purpose of uh, uh, ritual torture and human sacrifice fall? Sounds like a Tuesday to me. All right, well, 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 then hopefully it will just be a Tuesday and we'll be out by Wednesday. If you yeah. help us out, faster you help, faster you help us help us out uh, finding the, finding this gang cultists, however you want to euphemize them. How do like what's the euphemistically, uh, whatever euphemism you want to use. We're after these people that were that were capturing uh, citizens off the street and uh, transferring them to a cult for uh, ritual torture and murder. And uh, you may have read about it in the newspapers recently. Uh, well, you know, us like low district guards that have to hit the beaten path and do the grunt work. We don't get our names and papers. We don't get fancy badges like you. No, I didn't have time to do that. I was hitting the streets, you know, working. Well, the faster that you can get point us in the right direction and that we can do our work, the faster you can go back to doing yours. Yeah. Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. And she starts, like, like scratching her throat. She says, boy, you know, I haven't had a really good drink in many, many moons. You know, I really could use some, some real nice rum, like top, top, top shelf rum, top shelf. I know exactly the place. I know exactly the place. Yeah, I had I had a drink at a place. It literally blew me out of my out of my own head. It was it was uh, it was ghost woody, old woody, old ghost woody. Now, if I could only remember what the name of that place was, where was that? Then I go off and I'm trying to think and I'm trying to remember. She's like, oh, I, I don't know, but you know. If someone could get me a drink or, or pay for a couple of drinks, I think it can loosen my memory a little because I got to get back to the beat, you know. But if someone was kind enough to, you know, help me out here, I'm sure I could take a little time off and, 
inform you? Oh my god! Like I, for the sake of intra inter, in, intra jurisdictional collaboration, uh, yeah, come out. Let's go get a drink. Okay, if you're right. buying. I'm drinking. I'm buying. Let's drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She she seems pretty excited to hear about that. She's like, all right, let's go to this. What you call it? The spirit spirits? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the, that's it. The place of spirit spirits. Yeah, I've heard something about this old Woody or soul Woody or mold Woody. Was it something like that? Yeah, something like that. They'll remember when we. They'll remember me when we go back there. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. As long as you're buying, I'll be drinking. Let's go. Suddenly, her attitude completely changes. She seems a lot more excited to be around you, fellers. <laughs> nice. So, how do you want to handle this? Because I, because I do, I do actually want to take her out drinking to that place and uh, and use that to leverage a diplomacy role and, and like increase and, and increase her attitude toward us. So you all head on over to the spirit spirits with Leela. And sure enough, Gomez remembers this place as he was there opening night. Although it is much busier now that the festival has started and it is packed with people enjoying the many, many delicious food and drinks at the spirit spirits. And don't forget the desserts. You come in and sure enough, there you see Prue busy concocting another soul Woody. And Leela looks very excited to see so much going on and all the activity and seeing all the food and drink. She's like, mmm, I've heard of this place. I heard there is a concoction called Gold Woody. I was very much looking forward to having a flagon or five of that one. Mm. Excellent. So, so wait, do, do we have a table? Wait a minute. Is that Officer Gomez? Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. It is. You it is. You didn't pay your tab, Officer Gomez. I thought you were supposed to be an officer of the law. Oh, I, I, I apologize. It slipped my mind. Uh, like, I, I, I must, it must have been the... Uh, uh, robust nature of that soul woody that you serve me. But here I am, I'm here to settle my tab and also add to it. May I introduce, and I introduce uh, the other agents at Edgewatch and our uh, our guest of honor. We would like something special for her. Uh, can we get a menu? Can we get a table? Yeah, okay, we can do that. Pari, will you please seat our guests and uh, make sure they get a menu too. Sure enough, the, she brings you over to one of the free tables she like quickly wipes it down and you can see there's a lot of drink and food on there but she quickly cleans it up and sits you all down leela looks at the menu and is like what's the most expensive thing you have on the menu uh, actually uh, you know what what's the most expensive thing you have off the menu well i'd say the most expensive thing we have here is uh gold woody you know, because it uses actual gold as part of its creation. I learned this from my buddy Bricks. Off the menu? Well, I don't know if I'm willing to part with that. 
Uh, All right, well, let, let's start with some appetizers and some drinks, and then we'll ponder the menu, and you can ponder what you might be able to offer us after that. Let's get a gold, let's get a gold woody, as you say, for our esteemed guest. I, myself, will have a uh, classic wheat uh, just to start, and can we also get a four horseman sampler? Uh, and what do you advise else? We need something... Uh, just something to fill our stomachs, because that because uh, we plan to drink a little bit. Uh, may, maybe a banshee bread. How's the, how's well, the how's the other what? side onions? Doug, yeah, Dougie wants to have other side onions nope. uh, for himself. It, it's part of oh, the thanks. horseman sampler, but he wants his own uh, no. side onions. It's, it's fried. The worst. That's the worst choice. It's there. fried, so it's food. It's onions, so it's not food. Well, look, okay, <laughs> look, we serve a large goblin population. If there's anything here you want fried, we can do that. Oh, can you fry up the pickled punks? Yeah, we can do that. We can fry the Ah, then punks. I definitely want that. Also, the four the four horsemen sampler, and I guess we'll skip the other side onions unless unless Dougie really feels strong. Oh no, it. we're going with uh, all yeah, right. Other, other side, side onions, onion. and we better yes. get the bread too. So yeah. let's get let's get okay. all the starters going, and let's get uh, more drinks. What do you what do you, like the, what, what do you guys want? So I'm gonna I'm just gonna oh, have yeah. a wheat beater start. We're definitely gonna have the gold let me woody recommend for a the corpse schlager. We brew it in house in the back. Oh, I don't oh. like that. Prue is it you said? Uh, I I'm kind of in the mood for something sweet. So could I get a order of the Terror Masu and a Haunt Toddy, please? Here, Ooh, you're dessert hitting, first. You're bold. You're going with desserts first. Yeah, that's yeah. bold. I, I, what about sweet drinks? Are, are there any I like early sweet drinks? Because uh, like uh, I don't like any hard drinks. Elven like, wine. We have a selection of elven wines. We carry Seringers, Misty Isle. Captain R and Artique. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go with a Misty Isle. Um, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. You should really try the Soul Woody. It's kind of what we're known for. Uh, oh, I, and, and I and I, I say actually like the the Gold Woody. I understand. I understand you want that, but. I, I do also advise the Soul Woody. I'm saying okay, to uh, I'm saying, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to Leela. Say to Leela. Yeah, I advise the Soul it. Woody. I had it. I had it. It will blow you away. It's a life changing experience. Leela. Leela looks at Prue and says, "All right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go into the back. I want you to take the Gold Woody, and I wanted you to put it through like cheesecloth. I want you to pour like five. No, you know what?" 10 flagons of gold woody so you get all the gold in there so you get 10 gold worth then put that gold back into the flagon then pour in another gold woody so it should be 11 flagons worth of gold woody in one flagon so you know 11 gold piece gold woody for me and then i want a double soul can you do that for me no <laughs> we will get shut down because that will kill you you can't just drink an ingot of gold Gold can't hurt you. I'm an elf. Don't worry about it. You land lovers, you don't know what you're talking about. You wouldn't believe the things I drink. I drink seawater, for God's sakes. <laughs> I could drink a pound of gold. I'll be fine. We carry Seringers. That's like the most expensive elven wine. I could put gold in that for you if you want to be fancy about it. Oh, okay. okay. How about bring one of those and the gold, Woody, and then we'll sole up that gold. All right. I'm hungry now. Um, so I hate to bring this up and be a buzzkill, but I, we are a duty, yes. Well, the, the, we're, we're, it's 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 uh, harbor rules, 
right? Like we have to, we have to abide. When in Rome, do as Romans do. We have to abide by uh, the by the rules of the jurisdiction. Star Watch, Star Watch can do whatever they want. And they are. Well, you're above the jurisdiction. You, you can do what you want. I'm just a lowly little land loving officer, hard working, enjoying a little time off with my buddies from the Star Watch. You make the rules, and if you say we can drink, then we can drink. Mm. Uh, I would like a sparkling water with a lime twist. <laughs> and, and while that's all going on, uh, I take out two platinum pieces and I give it to our host, and I say that should cover the previous bill, and also and, and also the rest is a tip, and uh, help two, and, two, and, and two make, make platinum it pieces. Two platinum pieces, and and I, and I said like like. Like how much like does that our, work? Our friend here, our friend here, twenty gold. Our friend here, make sure our friend here has a very good time. Just don't kill him. All right. She also looks and she says, "What, what do you recommend of these entrees? Uh, what do you guys you got? Shamble got sausage, lichen fingers, oh. dog or dogs, mummy wraps, and I was looking at the phantasms. Phantasm. Yeah, that's what I'm Phantasms in a blanket. Fan- what, what, what do you recommend? Pretty much everything in this place is good. Filet really? is really good. Yeah. Gomez is a good idea. Bring bring everything. Just bring bring it all. Everything. Bring it all. Huh? Yeah. Can, can, can I ask you to not to get the pulled porker poltergeist because I'd rather not sit and watch you guys eat bird in front of me. Oh, oh, oh come yeah, on! Yeah, but phantasms in a blanket have uh, pheasant and uh, black cheese sausages around. It's not sentient bird. Yeah. She's just like poking you, and she looks at you, and she's like, "You barely got any feathers on you. Looks like you've been through the hand wringer. Looks like you've been plucked." <laughs> <laughs> she got you there. <laughs> all right, let me let me let you in on a little secret. All right, the Shambler gut sausage is a little bit special. It's a little bit close to my heart. You see, I took a traditional Orcish black sausage recipe and I kind of dumbed it down so that the humans and stuff can eat it. It's really good though. Oh, then I want the non-human version. I want I want the I want the hot stuff. I want the stuff that is off the menu. However, you want you Orcish black prepared. sausage? You're an elf. You can't I'll handle take some that. Of that. That, that, that. That's I, I can handle that. Uh, being an orc, I can handle Basil that. is yeah, gonna watch me eat bird. Then Lomag is gonna watch me eat orc. In fact, if you got any human or goblin meat back there, bring it on out. <laughs> I don't know what kind of place you think this is. It's not made out of orc. It's for. It's an orcish culture delicacy. Oh, I see. I thought that actually was orc. Well, I'll eat it anyhow. I mean, when in Rome, right? (laughs) You'll try. I don't know if you got that teeth for it. And go ask whatever our esteemed colleague wants. Two more platinum pieces I give him. Go, go, go. Make it happen. Yes, sir. So it's like uh, a, like a platinum is what a platinum is ten gold. Ten gold. So that's forty, 40 gold. gold. So yeah, I spent yeah, forty gold. That's good. We're gonna reinvest that, just so you know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we're, that's we're, a lot of money. Yeah. The business plan is to get a uh, to get a bag of holding that we can use specifically for carrying around like gallons of beer, so that we can have like a traveling like, like beer beer stall. The traveling Great beer idea. hall. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, oh, we'll call it the wayward spirits. 
like the way I figure it, that's the cost of one of my mid-level scrolls. And to win this encounter and spending one scroll seems cheap. <laughs> so, nice. so Leela is like very excited. She's looking around. She's like, this place is great. And she's like, I'm very excited to see this soul. Woody. Does anyone know anything about this old Woody? It's sort of been the talk of the festival. I've been hearing all about it. It, it, it's indescribable. You have to try to soul. You try to soul Woody, and then you'll understand. Uh, uh, words will not do it justice. It might be a controlled substance. I'm not sure. That's that was what the. Uh... It is definitely an uncontrolled substance. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doggy doesn't want to have that. That that sounds too uh, too strong. He's going to stick with the Elven wine. It's like I lean over to Doggy. I'm like, good move. <laughs> He's scared. All right, so. She, she doesn't even want to talk about any uh, work yet. She just wants to enjoy the meals, enjoy the drinks. Although you probably might want to talk to her before she, like, blacks out. I guess we'll find out after a round of Old Woody. <laughs> so does Prue come back with the with the food and drinks? Uh, Prue has, has uh, Perry helping her with them. Because this is a lot of food and a lot of drinks. And yeah, but it, keep in mind, this is a you guys have you have a lot more wait staff now because the the festival's been so successful that she's just your best helper, but you have multiple other helpers. Yeah, and, and I suggest uh, don't bring it all at once. Just just feed it, feed it, feed it a oh, continuous just like a, line, like a drip, like a trickle. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Was uh was Soul Woody ordered? Soul Woody was ordered. Soul Woody yeah, was ordered, wanted, and Gold she, Woody was ordered. Yeah, she wanted a Soul Woody and a Gold Woody. Okay. She wanted to mix. It. I'll mix it. She wants to mix it. All right, so here's what I do. here's what I'm gonna do. I didn't a bring golden you a soul woody, woody. And a gold woody. I didn't bring you that. I brought you a gold woody. I put a second gold woody's worth of gold in it, so you will get more flakes than I want you to get. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'll put the special touch on it right here, right in front of you. Is that all right? Will that work? Yeah, sure. And right. for this one, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I expect to drink at least another five of these. Do you want another five of these? All right, tell you what. Let's uh, let's put a little extra in this. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. Can't wait. Yeah, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, so we'll see. All right. Uh, I'm gonna, Okay, so Prue's going to grab a, 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 a chair from another table. If somebody's in it, hey, I need you to get up real quick. I'm going to grab a chair from another table. I'm going to sit with you guys. All right, so normally I just do this by myself. I take one of uh, one of the wayward souls around here. I shove it into the drink. So that's what you're. That's what. That's part of what you're drinking. But uh, you know what? If you want to be special about it, sure. Let's everybody hold hands here. Close your eyes, and we'll uh, we'll do a séance as part of it. We'll grab a bigger, more powerful spirit and bind that to the drink. Bind to the drink. What is this thing? All right. Close your eyes. Alcohol. Close your eyes. Everybody hold hands. Okay. Uh, oh, no, okay. Dougie doesn't want to do this. This doesn't sound like All right, all right, let's. This is. Gomez is in. Gomez is in. It was like, you wanted it, you got it. You this was like, is you not in the hoping. Basil's kind of hoping Leah gets some comeuppance out of all this, so he's in on this. All right, so it's part witchcraft. Of this, <laughs> all right, so Prusy and Nick are like the incantations to like get to like bind a spirit to the drink but it's more powerful because we have the seance going on and like she gets a mean one she gets a nasty spirit who like tries to possess her you know like her eyes open up and like they're bright and she gets like even angry she's like, 
And and then and then you know she takes takes like a, her head cocks a little bit. Whoa, 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 I don't know who you think is running this place. And she kind of like rips the spirit back out of her and like slams it into the drink. All right, here you go. Enjoy. Moe moe kun. So what? So you just put a soul in the drink? Am I drinking a soul? Bottoms up. Is it a good soul or a bad soul? Uh, <laughs> this one's a little bit meaner than most. Oh, that's what I like to hear. She just like slams it down and she expects everyone to do the same. Does everyone take their glasses and raise them up? Yeah, I'll drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm drinking my little wheat beer, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dougie's got, he's just going to be sipping from the uh, wine. He's going to be. I have sparkling water. I'm not, I'm not doing it, so, <laughs> We're so. a bunch of teetotalers here. And she like clinks it with you and you see like a little scream come out of the oh, soul Woody. Like, oh, oh, and she just laughs and just drinks the whole thing back. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> it's like, mm, delicious. Wow. Uh oh, does she have to make a saving throw? <laughs> I'm guessing there's a saving throw involved. Oh, there's many saving throws. Oh, no. Yeah, this is a mean one. <laughs> that's, that's not a good saving throw. I may have just killed her. <laughs> so she, all right, so she, she drinks it, and as it goes down, suddenly you see, like, her eyes change, and even though she had a rough voice, it seems even rougher than usual, and suddenly it's almost as if she's possessed, and you hear, like, a man's voice come out of her, and she's like, I'm free! Free at last! <laughs> oh, that stupid elf! And then she looks at Prue, and she's like, Oh, you! You tried to have me as an entertainment? How dare you! Yeah, whatever, Headless Bill. Get out of there. I'm just gonna full-on punch her. I'm gonna rage and spirit barbarian punch the ghost out of her. <laughs> what? <laughs> so you, you rage, you punch her right in the face, and then it's like a Doctor Strange where you see like the soul come out of her, and you see like the evil spirit leave, and he's like, oh, not again! And then it like comes out. <laughs> and then you see Leela just like unconsciously crash her head onto the table, and she's completely out. And her face is like right in the uh, the other side onions. Enjoy your night, Dougie. Officers. Your 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 onions were uh, ruined by uh, the uh, by uh, Leela. Her face is <sighs> in them. Good, actually. Awful. That <laughs> is okay. awful. Good. Good. So All right, well, the good news is it looks like you took her you took her out for a good time. I, I guess we're back to headquarters. Well, do you finish all the food? I mean, you guys oh, yeah, a lot of food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a great time. Oh, my God. We, I, we, I have fact, 40 gold pieces to burn through. We, we, fact, we now that she, she, now that she shut up, Basil will have an entree, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So look at all the food. Oh, you got your desserts, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, vel the Revenant Velvet Cake. That's very nice. Yeah, there's a whole menu at the Spirit Spirits. Also, the only place in the city that serves Gold Woody. Now, wait, what's the gold? Oh, the Gold Woody is the same as Soul Woody, which with gold in it? So, Old Woody, if you remember, has been around for many, many years in the Roll for Combat continual universe and has grown in legendary status and has continued to morph. Classic Old Woody is a concoction that is so strong that it only can be brewed 
and served in wooden containers that actually are usually so old that they actually have not just wood on them, but usually a little bit of mold and lichen and things like that. And otherwise, they'll actually just burn through glass and, you know, you. So that's why, you know, it's the old woody. And if you remember, we first encountered that way back when we were playing Iron Gods. And yes, that's, that's right. uh, way back then. Since then, there has been new developments. There's mold woody, which is old woody, but with many, many flakes of mold. It sort of adds to the texture and the flavor. There's bold woody, which is a stronger, more potent version of old woody. That's sort of like fire water, and you will. There's cold woody, which she actually, Prue will actually take uh, old woody classic, and then she uses her uh, frost spell on it to make it deathly cold. So it's crazy, crazy cold. There's gold woody, and where there's actual flakes of gold inside of classic woody. You know, sort of like Goldschlager. That was and, to rip off the college kids. <laughs> yeah, so that's to rip off the college kids and the Taurus. And then there's Soul Woody, which is the special concoction designed only by Prue and only can be done by Prue, and where she actually takes a soul and puts it into Old Woody, and then when you drink it, there's a chance of you astral project for a few seconds, and you see yourself while you're drinking it. Or you get possessed by another soul. You know, one of those two. Why, did you want to try some low man? No, thanks. I'll stick to my sparkling water. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. And right now, um, Brixley is the sole proprietor and creator of Soul Woody, who is from the Plaguestone podcast. So it's all coming around. It's all coming full circle. So you, you have another fun night of debauchery, drinking, eating, and Leela's still like totally passed out. And you are done. You finished your 40 gold pieces worth of food. All of you are stuffed to the gills. It's nighttime. What do you do? Well, we got to deliver... Uh, what's her name? Leela. Leela. We got to deli- deliver Leela back safe and sound. So yeah. let's go do that. And that's where we sleep, so... Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can stay there. Call it a night. All right. You drag her back. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't, meanwhile, she didn't tell us anything, right? <laughs> we didn't get anything out of her. Yeah, nope. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that will that, that she'll be so impressed in the morning by showing us a good time that first she'll be a little bit calmer because she'll be hungover, but second she'll cough up the info. That's what I'm hoping. Definitely different than the lieutenant. That's for sure. <laughs> this is this is this is not edge watch no more. No, definitely not. So you go back to Crest Watch. You. Get some rooms for yourself. You find out where Leela sleeps. No one at the Crest Watch seems very uh, surprised that she's blackout drunk. <laughs> they, they like, oh, they're not surprised? Uh, no, no, not surprised at all. <laughs> I, I, that, that's actually believable. And uh, they, uh, they, they see you like dragging her in, and they sort of help you bring her over to her bunk. What do you do with drunken, Captain? What do you do with drunken, <laughs> then Captain? I guess you wake up bright and early. And early in the morning. <laughs> you get up bright and early. And what do you do? You're up. Well, let's find out how Layla is doing. Let's let's uh let's rebel rouse her and see what she uh <laughs> see how bright she's actually probably fine. She's probably, you know, yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just like, eh, it's just another day. 
Let's find out. Let's, uh... So you go back into the office. Yeah. And she comes in not quite as graceful as last night. And not quite <laughs> as immaculate of a posture. And she looks at you and gives Gomez a big old pat on the back. And it's like, well, you, you might be land-loving Starwatch. But you sure know how to show a girl a good time. <laughs> Yay. I haven't, I haven't had a drink that strong since... Mm, since I accidentally messed up my rum with seawater, that was a that was a mighty fine drink. It takes a lot to knock me out, you know, elf and all. We don't sleep, but wow, that was <laughs> true. That was uh, that was <laughs> worth it. So what 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 do you need? What 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 help can I do for you? Because unfortunately, I sure lost a lot of work when I was passed out there. I got to catch up on a mountain of paperwork. So let's let's make this quick, snappy. Hurry up. Uh, Basil, you want to take it? We need to dig into the whole issue of the washboard dogs. Uh, we understand that they were actually working with the Skinsaw cult, and they were probably in charge of, you know, getting the Skinsaw cult bodies for their experiments and also money for whatever projects they had going on. So we need any sort of leads you have on wh where to find them, uh, how to... Uh, maybe infiltrate them or get more information from them. Diplomacy check. <laughs> you can do that publicly. And you all have hero points, don't forget. Oof. 16, you rolled a 4. What you yeah, gonna do? Got a hero uh, point. Can, can I... Can, can I uh, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and hero point, in. since I'm not expecting us to get to fighting just yet. I realize it's kind of a metagamey sort of answer, but... Hey, you can do it. It's fine. It's part of the game. Nice. Much better. That's better. 31. Did you just roll a 19? He went from a 4 to a 19? I did. That is, that, uh, that's an excellent use of a hero point. That was a successful hero point. She listens to you and says, I'll tell you what, as long as this little goblin over here takes me out for another drink in the near future, I'll tell you everything you need to know. Deal? If we... if. If our investigation proves fruitful and successful, oh boy, we'll go out. I got a whole bunch of places I could show you. If it leads to an arrest and a conviction. She spits on her hand and puts it out, waiting for Gomez to do the same. Absolutely. All right, you do the old spit in a handshake two bits. Dun dun. All right, well, I can tell you right now the washboard dogs and the Doble Sweepers, that's their main rival. They wouldn't seem like rivals on paper, you know, their turf stone dramatically intersect and their operations are discreet. The dogs run a protection racket and money laundering scheme, whereas the sweepers deal in illegal alchemical goods. Nonetheless, after members from both gangs started brawling in the lucky Nimbus casino a few weeks ago over cards, and were expelled from the establishments. The dogs and the sweepers have been locked in a heated gang war ever since. She like continues to like flip through her papers. Oh, this might be helpful. I can tell you that the sweepers, they recruit from the flunkies and the dropouts of Absalon's alchemical guilds. The gang foregoes crafting potions or drugs in favor of charm serums, uh, 
steroidal decoctions and explosive bombs. The washboard dogs are very easily identified by their namesake. Decorated washboards, which they actually wear on their body and use them as shields in brawls. They also use them to intimidate others by putting pipes up and down the washboards. She looks through some more notes. They, they wear, they wear, they wear washboards. <laughs> oh, yeah, so not intimidating. They wear, they wear washboards and they use them as shields. <laughs> did they form a jug band? Yeah, are they jug band? I'm sorry, that's supposed to be serious. That's just the image that comes. Absolutely, to mind. it absolutely does. <laughs> Got that mouth harp going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bracing myself for a hoedown. <laughs> you might have one. <laughs> and she looks through more. She's like, well, you know, the washboard dogs are constantly on the move and have no centralized base of operations. The sweepers control a large number of safe houses and hideouts, making it very difficult to pinpoint where their leader, Bloody Bertha, might be at any given time. Previous hideouts have burnt down due to lab fires that got out of hand, but I believe one of their current hideouts is an abandoned schoolhouse, and it's rumored also to be haunted. And oh, finally, there's a little bit more to the animosity between these gangs than a simple game of cards going awry. You see, many years ago, Bloody Bertha and Marissa Joan, those are the leaders of the gang. They were very close friends. And when their first gang hound was raided and Marissa was arrested, she ratted out Bertha in exchange for a reduced sentence. Bertha has never forgiven her. And John has never been able to set up a permanent base of operations for fear of an attack from her old rival. And this spat over the lucky Nimbus band might be the final push necessary for the gang leaders to put an end to their rivalry permanently. That's that's all I know, but it looks like you have a bit of work cut out for you because not only are the washboard dogs involved, but they're currently in war with the double sweepers. I have a feeling you're going to have to deal with both of them. Well, I mean... The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So maybe we make an alliance with these sweepers. It's not a bad idea. I'm sure you'll be able to find them. As I said, they're pretty easy to spot. As I said, the washboards, well, they carry around washboards. Double sweepers, on the other hand, carry they're always rooms. wearing... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they actually cover their faces with... Uh, Red, that's their gang colors. Here, I got some pictures of what they look like. Let me see. I can pull some out if you wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I feel like after what we've been through that this should be a walk in the park. Yeah. Yeah, this is... I mean, this is be domestic cleaning. These are dueling domestic cleaning services. That's yeah, really, no, funny. It's really, it's really this, funny. This is a little bit nicer than skinning people alive. Uh, don't take it for granted. I tell you, these these gang members, they're still gang members, and they're still plenty deadly. Here we go. Here's, here's a sketch of a 
Washboard tough. Oh, come on. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Sorry, we've been fighting like demons and golems and shit. Now this guy. Oh my god. That's well, hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> He's got a lead pipe. <laughs> It's an angry newsie. Oh, he's, got no. a, he's, got an ang- he's got a rebel yell. That is from a comedy movie. <laughs> that is-, is that Michael Myers? That looks like Michael Myers from 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 Goldmember, kind of mixed with Luigi. Oh my god! And there's <laughs> and here, here's what a double sweeper look like. So if you see these on the, wow. <laughs> they may take our lives, but they'll never take our shoe shine boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess is that a chimney sweeper? Oh, it's, it's, it's like, like a gray garden's pinky blinders yeah yeah that is yeah that's that's actually a good mashup there they have a belt full of potions though yeah, i like they that do. yeah i like that a lot is that is that a like fireplace poker <laughs> yes <laughs> wow that is great so yes the uh the double sweepers you can see have brooms and fireplace pokers but lots of potions because they deal in illegal alchemical activities. While they the... actually have rooms, really. Wow. <laughs> I'm so not impressed. It's, it's like you know what this is. Oh my god, this is uh, uh Mary what... Poppins. No, no. What's the one with uh, 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 not not Escape to the Bronx, but uh... Gangs of New York. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The 70s movie. Right, right, uh, right, right, right. The Warriors. The Warriors. The Warriors. The Warriors. This is the Warriors. Washboard dogs come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, oh. my God. Okay. You, didn't you want a relaxation? You've had nothing yeah. but, like, I, death I, and I, destruction. I, I, I gotta tell you, like, from what we faced last episode, these guys are, they're adorable. Adorable is the word. They are is adorable. This, is this the first, is this the same author as the previous? No, this is actually, I think Ron Lundin wrote this one. Okay. And he's the, uh, let me check. I'm actually curious. Let's see. We should always credit the authors and the designers. You're correct. Mm, yes. Oh, no, Jason Keeley wrote this. Actually, Jason's a fantastic author. Nice. He's actually one of my favorites. Um, he also was very silly. <laughs> so, yes, there's your marks. Uh, are you going to be a jet all the way or a shark? I think we want to join the sweepers. Yeah, definitely sweepers. So we can so we can take the fight to these bastards with the washboards. I mean, what are they going to do, threaten to do my laundry? <laughs> You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com.